1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And um, I, I'm just going to summarize. Well, I want to look at verses 8 to 10 um, today, but I'll just some, briefly scan through some of the earlier verses. Paul writes to this church, verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. And then this great verse, which is really the key for the whole book, um, but I won't go into that now. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope. And those three things re-echo and re-echo throughout the whole book uh, in a wonderful way. And um, he shows, he goes on to say um, uh, that this is in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election of God. For our gospel didn't come to you, not in, in, it did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And of course, how much we need the Holy Spirit as we come uh, to pray, dear friends, just as these saints in Thessalonians uh, had, in, Th in Thessalonica had. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, um, having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit, six, uh, verse 6. And then uh, that uh, they became an examples, their word became well known, their testimony was, was, was known. And so verses 8 to 10, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves, that is the people around, declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Those wonderful words of verse three, uh, your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope, are illustrated there in the end of the second part of verse nine. How you turned to God from idols, that was their work of faith, to serve the living and true God, that was the labor of love, and to wait for his son from heaven, that's our patient of patience, patience of hope. Uh, great encouraging words. So they were a clear witness. The word of the Lord had sounded out from them unmistakably, like a blast of a trumpet, a clarion call, a re clear ringing sound. Their witness was so clear that all knew of their faith. Verse 9, all of those around had seen their faith and their witness. This was a transformation of lives and the, the testimony of that. I wonder if our lives uh, testify to the transforming power of God. What a dramatic difference. So clear that all the people around recognized it. Well, what kind of faith was it? Well, I suggest there are a number of truths that we can learn about this. So here's the first one. Number one, the true and living God, verse eight, your faith toward God. Faith toward God, faith in God. These Thessalonians were clear about the God they believed in. And the emphasis here is upon God, not so much on their faith. Their faith was toward God. Who is the God you believe in? Who is Jesus Christ? What is the basis of your faith? Is it the true and living God? Now, I say that, my friends, because I'm sure we all have that kind of faith. But so often today, uh, people talk about God as a God of love, and it's sort of some sentimental, effeminate kind of love. 
But this God, who is described in verse 10, is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be delivered from the wrath to come. He delivers us from the wrath to come, verse 10. Because the God of the Bible, we read, is angry with the wicked. His love is a holy and righteous love. And true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is knowledge of the true and living God. These are the facts of the gospel, are they not? Now, I don't know what it's like in America, but I, I, I'm sometimes, I'm usually preaching, but I'm sometimes not preaching these days. I'm sitting in the congregation. And so much preaching that sometimes I hear today is so subjective. And many, not, not all, modern songs or, or some, a lot of older songs as well are very subjective. Uh, please, I'm not saying that also, I'm not trying to pass a comment in the wrong way. But here's, a, here's a, a, a fairly recent song that we sing over here uh, by a man who, who's um, uh, um, alive. He, he's, uh, he's, um, he's an older man now, but not that old. And uh, his song, his, one of the songs he wrote begins like this. These are the facts as we have received them. These are the truths that the Christian believes. This is the basis of all our preaching. Christ died for sinners and rose from the tomb. Well, that's great, isn't it? Our gospel is built upon the facts of the word of God. And the word of God sounded out from these believers. True faith in the true and living God. Secondly, true repentance. Verse 9. You turned to God from idols. I said that this was the word of the Lord sounding out like a trumpet. When was the trumpet blown? Well, it was blown when somebody was cleared of the death penalty or freed from slavery. What a wonderful picture of the gospel. The trumpet of God's grace blown because we've been freed from the penalty of sin. And we've been delivered from the slavery of Satan. True repentance. And these people had turned about. They had turned to God from idols. They turned away from the idols, from the false gods, to the living God. Our God is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He sent his son to be our saviour. Not of works, but of his grace. That's described, of course, in the earlier part of this chapter. How real is your God? Do you walk with him day by day? Is he the one you constantly follow? Can those around you see that you are his child? Those around these Thessalonians knew clearly what had happened to them. Verse 9, they themselves declare what money of entry we had to you. They knew that the God they served was the true and living God, and it was true repentance. Thirdly, true experience. Verse 9, you turned. They, this was a real, visible change in their lives. It was an infectious and courageous witness. 
you couldn't but help know what had happened to them. Can men and women, boys and girls, look at you and see in you true experience of God? Fourthly, true obedience to serve the living and true God. Their testimony sounded forth, verse 8, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth. They reinforced the message of the gospel by their consistent godly lives. They reflected in their lives the truths of what they believed. This is the response of true faith, isn't it? When our wills are subservient to the law of God, when we're committed to him and prepared to stand for him, whatever the cost. I'm very inspired by that incredible story of two um, men in the uh, uh, Puritan age here in Britain, Latimer and Ridley. They were facing being burnt at the stake. And the older man, Latimer, who was an old man, and Ridley, who was the young man, were tied on the bonfire to be burnt at the stake. And the old man, Latimer, said to Ridley, be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light a flame in Britain, which by God's grace I trust shall never be put out. What an amazing thing. Well, my friends, we live in desperate days in Britain today. And I fear that the flicker of the light of the flame of God's truth is indeed flickering and very much weaker than it was in Latimer and Ridley's day. But many, of course, have stood for God in the days that have gone by and who have obtained for us the freedoms that we cherish to worship God according to his word. The original pilgrim fathers who went to America went with a great desire to stand for the truth. And yet so many of these things are being eroded all the time in these days. Are we men of true obedience, women of true obedience? But thirdly, and finally, here is true hope. Verse 10, to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. That is our true hope. This is a sure and certain hope. This is a steadfast hope. This is an expectant hope, waiting in a state of preparation and anticipation, seeing everything from an eternal perspective, with our whole lives dedicated to eternal issues. How wonderful it is as we gather together, dear friends, to pray that this is the God we pray for. Now, I'm sure when you wait for a visitor to come to your home, you prepare the house, you prepare the room, where they're going to sleep, maybe you prepare a meal for them to eat. We're waiting for the Lord from heaven. Are we prepared? Are we preparing ourselves for that great day? The preparation of a sanctified life, a holy life 
in true hope. God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, has saved you. Why has, you sa why has he saved you, my friend? In order that you might continue to sin? That you might continue to feast your eyes upon impure and unclean thoughts and things? That your heart may be set on covetousness? That you may be consumed by pride? Of course not. We are saved to be holy, to be Christ-like, to live in clear witness to the truth, in true hope for our lives to demonstrate unmistakably the glory of our salvation, watching and waiting for our Lord and Saviour to come again. Now, I'm an old man. Sometimes I say to my friends, I'm getting a grumpy old man. Well, maybe I am. But my friends, the longer I live, the more I long for the Lord to come again. I Lord, long to see him. I long for that day when I shall be in his presence. He has delivered me from sin. He saved me from the wrath to come. And finally, he will bring us to glory. Oh, my friend, if you are his child and your faith in God is clearly seen, come, let us pray. Let us pray with enthusiasm. Let us pray with urgency. Let us long that he will come in reviving and quickening power and glorify his name and save many more people, men and women and boys and girls. And that we will rejoice in his truth, that we may be those who will point others, that they too may turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come.